Sam Pets Radio, Australia's coolest podcast network. Hi everybody, welcome to another episode of All the Small Games, a podcast all about indie games. My name is Andrew Levins and joining me today is my good friend and co-host Jonathan Valenzuela. Hi Levins, how you doing? Very good, very good. It's it's uh, We're in Sydney lockdown, Sydney's first lockdown, proper lockdown since, I guess since COVID hit, right? Since, yeah, last year. We, we, we didn't, we, we had a lot of close calls but we never went full lockdown besides uh, like the six weeks from March um last yeah, year we all we all sat up here looking down at melbourne going you poor suckers and then guess what yeah I mean, who knows how long this is going to last apparently it is a delta variant which sounds like like, like a mega man villain um yeah <laughs> but uh uh yeah it's uh it's weird i'm i'm, I'm in a i'm in a, in, the, in the early phase where i'm like oh this, is, this will be fine all my gigs got cancelled i have no income for the next few weeks uh so that might the reality of that hitting me might might, might, might hit me like a ton, ton of bricks but um at the moment i'm just like you know just trying to be fun and around around the kids a lot um it's also yeah, it's, it's good they managed to time it with school holidays here um so archie my seven-year-old he is off um for two weeks of school, and that is the exact time of this lockdown. So he's going to spend right. all of this lockdown kind of here or at the park until they. I mean, my worst nightmare is that they shut shut the parks as well. That was like the grimmest part of last year um, for me was uh, every piece of play equipment, like like swings and stuff. They would wrap around the council, wrapped them around oh, the top yeah, of yeah, the yeah. Um, of the bars, and then like taped them so kids could never use them. Everything was like like tied off you couldn't use shit uh it was a grim time and i hope we don't get to that level because i just need to be able to like let the kids loose for a bit burn off all that sure. energy from being inside all the time um but i have got a few recommendations for games for parents that may be in a similar situation to me um if they want to play some uh, indie video games with their kids um plus uh, john and i today will be talking about umarangi generation yep uh, john you have another game that i've never heard of before I have been playing a game called Backbone. Uh, if you remember, I talked about playing the prologue a bunch of episodes ago. So, um, of course, Coccyx. You know, for what? Yeah. Is it Coccyx? Coccyx. Damn it. <laughs> a cock on the mind. <laughs> um, um, yeah, so I've uh, the full game is out and I've been playing some of that, which is, uh, yeah, looking forward to discussing it. Um, I've also uh, played and finished a remake of a very old game called Alex Kidd in Miracle World, a uh, Master System game for the Sega. Uh, I used to play it when I was a kid, and it just got re-released with a beautiful new art style, um, and it's called Alex Kidd in Miracle World DX. So those are all of the games we're going to be talking about um, on the show. Uh, but what, first, before we get there, John. What does, just quick question, what does DX stand for? Deluxe? I guess. Yeah, I mean, surely, right? Yeah, checks out, I guess. Write in, write like, in, everyone. You can email us, yeah. all the small games at gmail.com. Damn um, xylophone. <laughs> Alex Kidd in Miracle World, damn xylophone. Excellent. Um, it. It's also the abbreviation for diagnosis, right? Like in, I think so. Yeah. Um, in, in medical terms. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> So nice. Um, but uh, before we get started, yeah, like I mentioned, you can email us all the small games at gmail.com and uh, you can get in touch with us, ask us any questions you would like answered. Um, we've got to just, before we forget about it this week, we've got to uh, address uh, something, someone, uh, because look, every week when we talk about what, which, which platforms you can play the indie games on, um, you know, we'll say we'll be like Switch, Xbox, PC, Mac, and then, you know, inevitably have to reluctantly say the word Linux. Because uh, many many indie games are developed on on Linux systems and therefore playable on Linux systems too, um, and uh, Ziggy, um, one of our listeners, wrote in, and I won't read his entire email. I know he doesn't want to make a big thing about it, but he was just like, "Why are you so hostile to Linux gamers?" 
<laughs> and I think, like, okay, from my point of view, it's just I've never met a single person in, or, or ever had any experience or, or knowledge of someone using the Linux system. So it is just this funny L word that we have to say when we talk about platforms. Um, and I imagine the jokes that you make come from there as well, John? Yeah, pretty much. It's one of those, like, he talked about people using it to to make games. And I get, like, Linux systems are just a much more powerful kind of operating system if you really want to, like, get into the back end of how your computer works and mess around with it and, you know, make it more efficient and change it to be really what you want it to be. Kind of the opposite end of the scale of like a Mac where everything is sort of set for you, super easy to use, super intuitive. Uh, I, I made a joke in our Discord that um, uh, Linux is the recumbent bicycle of operating systems. <laughs> uh, which, which look, Ziggy may have just turned this episode oh, off at, but that, at that exact point. Recumbent bicycles don't, don't give you much in the way of choice. Oh, no, they don't, but it's just like, just use a normal bike. What the hell? Um, no, I would say Linux systems are just a collection of wheels and bars. Yeah. And, and that's the, your mode of transport. Make you, of it what you, you build will. It, you build it how you want. Yeah, look, uh, Ziggy, I have I have no beef against Linux systems. It's just, <laughs> you know, it's it's fun to clown on things. Do not do... Please that, that we don't understand. All. Yeah, of course. <laughs> That we will that we will never be able to use, quite frankly. So so don't take it as like we have any serious sort of hate against Linux. Yeah, um, I, I I don't buy into console. Guys at called all. Ziggy on the other hand. <laughs> what the fuck is that? No, no kidding. Um, hey man, uh, I, I, when I was a teenager, I loved the albums of Ziggy Marley. Um, of course. But yeah, I don't, I don't really buy into console wars at all. But it is funny to just kind of. For what no reason, just be like fucking Linux systems. Yeah, <laughs> just because I know I don't know anyone. So Ziggy, congratulations! Oh, You're the first person uh, to 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 be on my radar as someone who uses a Linux. And and if you are a Linux user, email us in. There are dozens of you, I'm sure. Rise up. Yes, and uh, would and- would love to get a, a poll. Uh, of sorts if you if you use linux and you listen to this podcast email us with subject line i am a proud linux user um and look to be to be honest uh i see more games with linux accessibility than mac accessibility like yeah absolutely i I definitely do i have to i have to read read them out every time i'd be like oh it's not on fucking mac but it is on linux it is on (laughs) next episode levens has a linux system yeah I don't even. It just, it's just a PC, right? It's just an operating system, right? It's it's yeah. It's a different operating system for PC, essentially. So not Windows. Yeah, I, I, I guess yeah. that. It may, I, I can understand having a PC and not wanting. And you know, you've already got a very customizable piece of hardware, wanting customizable software as well. I, I can understand that. So the, a, another another way I put it in the Discord was. People who use Linux are the kind of people who bring their own pool queue to the pub to play a game, mm-hmm. which yep. I think is kind of you like. Just keep them coming, oh, I'm bro. Not, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna use the pub's pub's stick. I'm gonna bring my own. Clearly, um, uh, look, but I'm, no. I'm, I'm used to my co-host upsetting um, um, our listeners on my other podcast, Hey Fam. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but no, we 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 don't actually have genuine beef with Linux. No, users. we don't. We don't. Please keep listening to us, Ziggy. Uh, we, you know, we, we, we love we love all our listeners. Uh, fun fact: uh, five out of ten, or so, half of the people that let leave uh, that leave the pay, the HeyFam Discord um, and leave a, a reason as to why in the exit survey, um, half of them it's because Angus has had something to upset them. <laughs> <laughs> just so I great. refuse to be this podcast's Angus. <laughs> Uh, so off uh, off that subject, onto the game. Should we talk about Umarangi yeah. Generation? Yeah, man. Let's do let's let's do this up the top because we've both been we've both been getting into this one lately, and it's always fun when we uh, when we, we can discuss a game we've both been playing. And uh, look, we, we always uh, wave the flag. Um, the only time our patriotism comes out is when we talk about Australian games, and uh, this is the what I think the, our, our first ever game from our proud neighbours. Uh, a place where often I think I would rather live, uh, New Zealand. This is a New Zealand game. Love to do this to you. Wrong. Really? If any, if anything, it's the second game because uh, I have talked about on previous episodes a game called Ashen, which oh, was developed wow. by A44, a New Zealand-based studio. Well, you weren't. You, if you described, if you pronounced it the way it's meant to be, Ashen, I would have. Ashen. Uh, <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> I, I would have uh, remembered. Sorry. Um, 
Yeah, I've I've been I've been trying to get more information about the developers. The developers are a team called Origame Digital. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I've been searching for them, and I just cannot find. I couldn't find confirmation that it is a, a New Zealand based um, a New Zealand based studio. But considering just how much, well, here we go. Umarangi Generation was developed by a Maori developer, Naftali Faulkner. Um, developed in the game in ten months. Etc. Etc. Worked worked on community apps with local Aboriginal groups and would dabble in smaller projects. Yes, so it looks like it was actually built um, by an Indigenous person, which is great because so much of the game is steeped in uh, Indigenous culture. Yeah, and Umarangi, the word is a Maori word, right? It is. Uh, apparently, it means the last generation who who gets to watch the world die. Yes, so this is a game, uh, it's a photography game, um, a first-person photography game in which uh, you, you start out, you're on a rooftop and there's a bunch of your friends like sitting, sitting around. Um, there are boxes around with like uh, spray cans and boom boxes and you have to basically walk around this small little zone and you have a checklist and you basically have to take photos of everything on the checklist and if you do it in a certain time frame, you get bonus points because you have to take photos of everything on the checklist and deliver it to someone who wants the photos from you um and it starts off like it reminded me a bit of like a like an early tony hawk game you have like this like kind of limited 3d area that you can explore with a checklist of things that you need to do inside it except instead of skateboarding you have a a, a camera a camera that's true so the the bounties will be stuff like take a photo of a british flag and you sort of have to hunt around the level to discover where uh, a Union Jack is. Like, a lot of it is kind of... It's very much a scavenger hunt mm-hmm. uh, that is a combination of, like, finding the thing you need to photograph and then working out how you're going to photograph it. Because as you progress further into the game, some of the... They're called photo bounties. Some of the bounties you're given uh, will will have um, sort of... What's the word I'm looking for? Like... Uh, rules attached to them, like you need to take it with a telephoto lens or yep. a fisheye lens, or you need to be near the object when you photograph it, that kind of thing. Or you need to get a, a photo of 10 of a certain object. Yes, but all in the same photo, essentially. So it can be like, you can kind of find the thing you're supposed to photograph and then it becomes like, okay, well, how am I actually going to do this? And it gets really challenging in the later levels particularly when they're like, you need to use a telephoto lens for this. And obviously telephoto lens means you're taking up close photos of things that are very far away. So it becomes kind of like, okay, where can I stand in the level that's far away enough that I can actually take a proper photo of the thing I've been asked to photograph? Um, Levin's Levin's mentioned the, um, like, if you finish within a certain amount of time, you can get a bonus. There are a bunch of other bonuses that you can earn. One of them is in every level, the group of friends that are with you in that first level show up again. So you can get a, a bonus for taking a photo of them as a group in every level. Mm-hmm. Um, scattered around the levels are, are bonus film canisters. So again, you've got to like hunt around and find an amount of these bonus film canisters. Uh, for every photo you take, you are awarded a, um, a monetary amount depending on kind of like how interesting the photo is, you got to earn above a certain amount. Uh, and I think there's maybe one or two other of these bonus bounties that you can get. But, um, but you know, to, to do all of this on top of finishing all your regular photo bounties in 10 minutes can be pretty damn difficult. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. I, I even found like I'm up to the third, the third level. And there's like things on my list that I, I can see them and I take the photo and I'm obviously, I'm interpreting the the clue wrong because it's not it's not registering as me clicking that off. There's like, so, I mean, you've you finished the game, right? You're, you're, much, you're a much better photographer than, than me. Everyone's always said that, but you've finished <laughs> that, right? I, look, I, I, as I said on chat earlier, I've technically finished it. I've rolled credits on the game, but after the credits are finished, another level loads... Uh-huh. That I haven't played before, so I haven't finished that level yet. But if we're going off credits, then yes, I have achieved credits. You've clocked it. Yeah. Um, so also, I was going to update my uh, my initial uh, description of this game. I think while uh, the developer is Maori, um, this game was made in Australia. 
Okay, interesting. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, we go, yeah, yeah. He he lives in Australia. Yeah, because I think I've read I've read some interviews a while ago because I played this on PC like last year sometime, um, and I think they hadn't quite nailed controller um, integration on the PC version because it was just right, really sure. really clunky to use. Which is why when it came out on Switch, I was like, excellent. Now I can actually like. They will have properly built this for the Switch controllers so I can play a lot more easily. Mm-hmm. Um, and apparently, yeah, the developer said it was based on the 2020 uh, bushfires. Right. So, like, being in these urban settings with these, like, wild smoke clouds hanging over the top of you and just a really apocalyptic feel that it gave. Yeah, so you start out, like, chilling on a rooftop and there's no kind of sense that anything is wrong. You're just like, you know, you're on a rooftop with some cool guys there's graffiti around and, you know, beautiful mountains around you. And then the next level, you are surrounded by, uh, like, you're in an army camp, basically. And there's tents and, and soldiers. That's right. Um, you're on, it's like that that kind of top of a skyscraper construct, construction zone sort of thing. But there's lots of UN soldiers and, and like, ammo boxes and encampments and stuff like that. And so as you progress, it starts telling a story and you realize that there is, like, a kaiju war <laughs> yeah. happening. Yeah. Which uh, which rocks. That's a great, great, great concept for a story, and, and great way of great way of telling story through gameplay. Yeah, it's that's one of the things I love is there's no there's no cutscenes, there's no like before a level starts you have to read a page of text. All the storytelling is done in the levels themselves. So you'll mm-hmm. often find like newspapers scattered around, and you can actually the newspapers will have headlines that you can read, and so it tells like the more of these newspapers you read, the more you build this story of, like you said, there is a kaiju war going on. Um, there's newspapers talking about how the UN is abandoning, uh, like I think it's set around Aotearoa, like the UN is abandoning Aotearoa, the Prime Minister's gone on holiday. And that, of course, is the, uh, is the Maori word for New Zealand. Yes. Um, the, uh, the Prime Minister's gone on holiday. The Prime Minister keeps calling for, like, nuclear weapons to be used in the kaiju war and all that kind of stuff. Um, and even you, you, you have some levels set in this far more urban setting and there are, like, posters on the walls and they're advertising movies and, you know, TV shows and all this kind of stuff. And they're all kind of based around what's going on in the world. I really, really loved that aspect of it, the environmental storytelling. Yes, absolutely, definitely. Um, apparently, his biggest influences for the the visual style were Neon Genesis Evangelion, Jet Set Radio, and Shin Godzilla, um, which nice. are three three things that I think are great. Um, and I think yeah, like the, the, the obviously you have the storytelling through through the environments you're exploring, but also just the crazy style of this game. Like, I mean, Jet Set Radio is an ultimate example of like a style over substance game of the two thousands. Um, that has such a massive fan base and there's always there's nothing really quite like it and i feel like this is very much and it's going to be always be in its own zone just because of like they're there as we as we saw um looking at all the trailers for upcoming game indie games um based off of the e3 presentations there's no shortage of photography games coming out but nothing looks like it's going to be anything like this one this is a very unique cool and uh you know just dripping with personality game that i think if if the right people find it, they'll fall in love with it. But if the wrong people play it, they'll just be like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, that's fair. I will... I do have one quibble with the game, and that is... Uh, I don't know if you ran into this, but movement in this game sometimes feels like shit. Yeah, but I kind of like... I know this seems like a cop-out for me, but I'm used to it, doing that. I think that it, it works. <laughs> like the, but- the, the, the... Like aesthetically... The, the sometimes clunky movement works for the, the setting and, and the kind of era of games this, this, this game seems to evoke. I just, my, my counter argument to that is so much of this game is based on trying to find the right camera angle. And often that involves like jumping onto ledges and, and trying to make your way like to, to sort of far out bits of the level. And just stuff like if I'm standing against, like even in that first level, there is a low wall that you need to, that you can, you know, get up to get to like the bit with it. There's a little like skate half pipe there. If you're standing against the wall, you can't jump. Like the, the geography of the level stops you from being able to jump right. up. And I guess it's, it's just little things like 
just tweaking that slightly so if I'm standing against something, I can then jump up and make onto it. Because you can actually double jump in this game. Yeah, right. Because I, I generally don't like platforming in first-person games. So I, just I know, this is... The problem, I was very interested about like, your reaction to this. I was just like, "Oh, well, this is what this is what third person games are like to me." So I, don't, I was just like, "Oh, this is just this is just part yeah. of the part of the they're making." It's it's clunky, of course. Um, yeah. But yeah, that was just that was a little thing that I was occasionally frustrated. Like I'd be like, "God fucking damn it! I'm just trying to climb a staircase. Like, let me just get up there." But like you say, this game is so unique. It's such a like such an interesting little artifact. Um, particularly like uh, something that you don't see, which is this combination of, of Maori culture and sci-fi essentially. Um, and it's really cool because like you actually go back to some of the levels that you visited earlier. So the one, that second level you talked about, the one like, you know, set on top of a building where you run into all these military people, there's a later level where you go back at night and there's actually the soldiers are actually fighting kaiju. Oh wow, that's great! Around you, so you've got to like make your way around. the the o- The overarching story of the game is you are a, a photo reporter for a, a newspaper, so that's why you you're like going to all these places and taking photos, and who you're dropping the photos off to at the end. Um, I I never hit the ten minute limit on any of them. I did on the um, first one, but then none of the right. second. One, yeah. one thing I also kind of wish for this game is that it had a bit more... Because I'm... Look, for all of you talking up the top about how I'm a great photographer because I've finished the game and you haven't... Everyone's talking about it. I actually, like, I'm not great at photography. And I often would be a bit confused when it's like, I thought I'd lined up like a really cool shot and I adjust the color levels and everything that I've... You know, all the little adjustments you can make to the photo afterwards... And I, and I submit it and I get like $2.13. And then yeah, some so random photo that I ac- accidentally clicked off is like, wow, 20 bucks. I'm just yeah, like, so there is no rhyme or reason to this. All your photos are ranked and you get paid for them. Yeah. Do, do we cover that already? Um, but it's not, it's not you, you find out how much you've been paid on the spot. It's not, they don't wait till afterwards and be like, S rank photo. Yeah, that's not um, some uh, Pokemon snap bullshit. Yeah, so I, I just wish there was a bit more of a robust tutorial because there is a tutorial in the game where it runs you through the basics of like we're rating you on color, composition, and content kind of thing, etc., etc. I wish they'd had a tutorial where it was actually like take a photo of this, now take a photo of it in this way. Oh, wow, look, it's more interesting. It's like a bit more of a hands-on tutorial kind of thing. Or like a rival photographer and you compare your photos with him at the end and he's like, oh, I got, I got paid way more than you did and this is why. Yeah, yeah, just something something that was a, gave a bit more of a robust explanation for people who don't necessarily unnecessarily great at photos. I'd love to I'd love to let loose like Dan Bowd or one of the other photographers that we know on this game and be like, "All right, you give it a shot. See how you go." Yeah, you take down the kaiju fire photography. Yeah. <laughs> Genius. Um yeah, so look, I, I reckon this is... It's one of those games that I'm really glad has come to Switch. I think it is an experience that everyone should play. Like, I think it's such an interesting game. Yeah, that, definitely. It's extremely that unique. That everyone should give it a run. Yeah. So this yeah came out last year on PC and obviously still available on PC. They even dropped some DLC for it earlier this year or late last year. And then the, uh, the Switch collection, which came out at the start of June, uh, collects both the original game and the DLC in a very tight package. Uh, I think this is really cool. If you like very, very, you know, stylistic, cool games, it reminds you a little bit of, um, uh, oh god, what the hell was it called? Where you have like odd jobs that you got to do around town, and you have, to, and like it's like a racing game, but then you, like, it's mostly about the jobs you got to do around town. Um, uh, Simpsons Hit and Run? No, no, no. Like, uh, you know, it's, you, 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 you met, you met with the, the developer for a drink. Uh, oh, um, oh, fuck. Why can't we remember this guy's this guy's game? It's such a good one. Oh God, no! I know Desert Child. Desert Child. Yes. Yeah. It has like that was a very very style stylistic like unique feeling game with like you know limited things you could do and maybe even like restraints in terms of what it could do. But uh, I, I love I love both games a lot. Yeah. Um, just just yeah, seeing seeing cultural touch points that are fairly unique to our region of the world. 
contextualized in that kind of sci-fi setting. Always love it. Yeah, me too. Um, well, John, uh, let's talk about a game that from a, that, that I was, you know, you know, after playing something that felt very new and cool to me. Uh, what about a game that I've played many, many times? Just this time, it's uh, in DX. <laughs> um, <laughs> because uh, Alex Kidd in Miracle World um, was a game uh, that originally came out. Gosh, should I, should I look it up? Do you, want, do you want to take a guess? I thought, was it maybe 89? On, on Gotta Master be late nineteen late nineteen eighties, I reckon. Eighty six in Japan. Uh, Shit. And, and then the rest of the world uh, in eighty seven, um, or from eighty seven. Brazil didn't get it to nineteen eighty nine. Suck it, Brazil. But uh, yeah, so the um, Alex Kid was a, a game that if you had a master system, and I didn't, but a lot of my friends did, um, you would obviously have to buy very expensive games to play with it but the cool thing about the master system was if you just shut the lid of the console then you would automatically get alex kid in miracle world it would start up because it was a built-in game and so this was a game that no matter whose house it was if they had a master system you knew that at some point that weekend you were going to spend a while trying to beat alex kid in miracle world and i never did i never got past i think the second water level it's a classic you know very uh, primitive uh, platformer uh, with very iconic music. Um, John, I'm sure you could just give me the theme song right now. Nope. Yeah, great. <laughs> Glad I asked. <laughs> did uh, not get to have consoles as a child. Uh, me neither, but I had lots of friends who, who had them. But uh, it basically has this... Uh, I-, I would say like it's as catchy as, as Super Mario World 1-1. It goes like da 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 and etc. Um, and uh, <laughs> all Alex Kidd can do is punch. Um, and basically, where what made this game kind of unique feeling to other platformers at the time was instead of scrolling from left to right, you eventually did. But the opening level, you have to descend um, a bunch of cliffs. And okay. the cliffs eventually lead to a water. So in the one level, instead of going left to right, you're going down, and then you hit the water, and then you're swimming from left to right. Um, and so it just felt very different to every other platformer that I was playing like when I was a kid, um, when I was an Alex kid. So a few years ago, we got... Ex- sorry, I got extremely drunk. Um, the night before my birthday, we recorded an episode of all the small games and, and it was, I was having a bar- birthday barbecue the next day. I should have gone to bed cause I was going to be cooking the entire next day, but instead I stayed up drunk and finished for the first time, uh, Alex kid in miracle world, which is the, uh, like a pretty like true, true to like close to as it was released port of the 86 game that came out on, um, it was released on the switch from like the Sega ages collection. Oh, yeah, um, so okay. it was like, you know, eight bucks or whatever. And it had save states. So that meant, because this game gets like, when, when you play it on Master System, you have three lives and there are so many things that can kill you. It's one kit, one hit and you're dead. There's no health. There's no power-ups. <clears throat> you do get, um, you can find a ring that can shoot lasers. Um, and there are vehicle power-ups at some points in the game, but they're seldom seen uh, throughout the game uh, there aren't boss fights uh, for the most part but you do play rock paper scissors against a variety of bosses who are represented each represent a different um, like rock paper or scissors like they have a rock head or a paper head or a scissors head um, and so you would like memorize and then write down the order of which they would choose rock paper or scissors so you could beat them first go when you got to them but yeah, I, I reckon I the furthest either I got or my, one of my friends got was like maybe like halfway through the game. And so staying up drunk, using save states, like, you know, seeing a, a really annoying enemy, like there are these stupid frogs in the water that slowly float down and up and then release bubbles. And if the bubbles touch you, you're dead. If, you, if you, you've got a sneak beneath him, but he's moving up and down on a really quick axis and you move so goddamn slowly in the water. Um so you just create a save state, try it. Nope, just immediately reload it, etc. Um, so I have finished this game, um, and it felt great. the The final level of that game is so bizarre. You have to like memorize this these platforms that you stand on. Um, it's like a it all like one one platform will have like a fish on it. The other platform will have a a sun on it. The other platform will have a moon on it. And if you don't stand on the right number of like you know it's like 12 12 things you need to remember somewhere in the game is like a guide to which ones you're meant to st- stand on when i didn't get right. that in my playthrough so okay. i would just use a save state 
stand on, keep standing on platforms. And then if if I if it didn't um, if I didn't stand on the wrong platform because if it's if you stand on the wrong platform it sends a an enemy after you this like angel of death um, who, who features quite prominently in the game if you stand on a uh, a platform with a death's face on it in in the re- in a regular level he just shows up and chases after you until you die <clears throat> it's a great mechanic um, <laughs> but yeah like I remember like having like in this like weird sequence pa- pattern sequence like making a save state. To try my luck and then doing it, doing that like you know, like a hundred times until I got the save state, till I got the pattern right. Stupid, but funny, and I finished it. That's all that's <laughs> important. Anyway, uh, that is the, the the 80s game and its port. Um, last year, it was announced that um, Merge Games, um, a uh, a developer from Europe, I believe, um, ah, the country of Europe. Uh, come. We'll figure it out eventually. Um, but Mer- Merge Games, who um, who have given us um, games like, oh man, I don't know if we know any of these. Aragami Shadow Edition, Buildings Have nope. Feelings Too, Cloud Heard Punk, of that one? DNFC, Dwarfheim, Foreclosed, Haunted Space, Monster Harvest, uh, Streets of Rage Four is the big one. Uh, they did yeah. uh, they, they they did that one. Uh, we talked about it last year. Very much enjoyed that game. Um, but in the, in the same way that Streets of Rage 4 was beautifully animated, um, what the fuck? It's it's private... Merged Games is privately owned by an Australian guy. What? Yeah. Crazy. That's insane. Okay. Very, very and weird. Myst- and mysterious. Yeah, totally. Uh, someone called Luke Kieran and his wife, Joanne. Um, but so yeah, they, they, they published it. Um, and uh, and so basically, they, they announced a very beautifully animated version of Alex Kidd in Miracle World, um, and the animation is so good. I don't know. Did you see the the trailer for it, John? I haven't, but I've had a look at some screenshots, and it looks like, yeah, really nice. It's yeah, it's it's gorgeous. Um, you know, like kind of semi pixel, semi kind of like it's like very very animated pixel animation. It looks it looks so much better than the original, uh, obviously eight bit, um, anima- uh, uh, game did. But man, uh, so I was expecting like, you know, oh yeah, cool. Brand new soundtrack, a brand new, beautiful visual style for this game that I know almost back to front. Um, and I was like, oh, I wonder what else they, you know, add or, add or change to the game. What else does the, the DX uh, prefix or postfix if it comes afterwards? Sure. <laughs> what, what is suffix. DX? Suffix. 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 Sorry. Thank you. I'm a writer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, they... Uh, I was just, you know, I was wondering what what other things are they going to change with the game, um, and uh, they did not change anything. So, oh wow, <laughs> this is a very beautiful... that was so anticlimactic. I know. <laughs> uh, so it's a beautiful looking game and a beautiful sounding game. The soundtrack is uh, completely like redone. the The backgrounds look beautiful, and the enemies like what was a very very simple sprite now looks gorgeous, and it's like beautifully animated and. Um, everything bounces and bops with the music. There's so much going on as you look on the screen, but the gameplay is like you know this extremely simple, very difficult platformer. Um, when you first start it, it even has the same um, like you know three lives and then it's game over. So I got game over at some point in the first Water World, and I was like, oh yeah, shit, I'm trying to get underneath that damn frog. And I was like, damn, how the hell am I going to finish this if there's no save states? And then it came up at my game over, and it was like, um, turn on unlimited lives. Ah. So that is the one quality of life uh, improvement they've made to this. Um, but they've okay. also added like some story to it, um, like and and some of the, and the some of the like the bosses that w- previously were just uh, rocks of paper. Um, in the second time you fight them, there is like that you do have to actually fight them as well. Um, so there are like a few changes to the game overall, but in terms of like, like play to play gameplay, it's playing like an unbelievably beautiful looking and beautifully sounding piece of shit 80s game. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Okay. And it's, yeah, it's the, the, it is the ultimate polished turd. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Okay. Yeah. Great I, I, review. So I mean, like, I have like a lot of nostalgia for it, but if you didn't have nostalgia for this game, I, there's no way you would enjoy this. 
It's mm. it's it's crazy that so much effort was to put into making this look and sound as good as it does, and they've done an incredible job. Like the, what an amazing team the um the team are uh, Jenkin team merge games in conjunction with Jenkin team. Um, right <clears throat> yeah, and like I guess you know hopefully if this gets enough interest they'll be able to make a brand new Alex Kid game with new mechanics because it is like a fun world and character and like the weird quirks like as dumb as it is to you know have rock paper scissors as like the main fighting boss mechanic it made it just such a strange and unique game to me as a kid the 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 music like everything about it i just there was something about alex kid that i I found him as endearing as, as i did mario when i was younger um and yeah they do expand the lore a little bit in this they like they make it so you have to collect certain things in the in the levels with, before you can progress, which was kind of irritating to be honest. But it did mean that I um, I had the scroll that that told me which of the symbols right. to, to step on at Sick. the end. They were like, "Oh wait, there's one more thing I need to do before." And I was like, "Okay, hey, I need to go find this thing." <laughs> hmm. um, but yeah, uh, I, I'm happy I finished it. Um, like I said, it was beautiful, and and there is it has that great thing that the. Um, Wonder Boy game that launched with the Switch does where if you hit the the right trigger it'll um flick from the original 8-bit version so the music and the graphics um back to the the updated version like you know instantly um so that's cool um it's a great feature to add that but um yeah as a, in terms of gameplay I don't know like if they added like a health system for Alex or I don't, I, yeah, I, I, you know, I say like they didn't change a damn thing, and that disappoints me. But I just, I just feel like some quality of life improvement should have been made. Like, by all means, keep the classic version of the game. But the main version you're playing, it's not the classic version because they have made these weird little changes throughout it. So yeah, it's this very strange package that I would only recommend to people who, like me, have an affinity for this very flawed old game. Yeah, it's it's stuff like this is definitely one of those things that's like how far can how far can you ride nostalgia essentially like yeah totally if, you know this is this is a game i definitely i definitely i had i had friends with with master systems i've definitely played some alex kid when i was a younger man a much younger man well, they, they made other alex kid games and there were nothing like this one which is so funny right. to me yeah um but i can't imagine like if I went back, I'd be like, oh, that's right. Like, Mario has been so endearing because it did platforming so well. A lot of the imitators were just like, oh, yeah, this this is like... I can see what they were going for, but they didn't do it well. And to not update any of that for the modern era is definitely like... This is a museum piece. It's not a game that I would actively seek out to play kind of thing. Yeah, Exactly. Um, and so you finish the game and you unlock classic mode, which is like a way to play the original game, even though you can flick from to and from it. Um, there's, it kind of puts up the, the, like you play like the box version of it instead of like the widescreen version. Um, and then there's also a boss rush mode, but I, so I was like, okay, I'll, I'll go play, I'll go fight the bosses again. And the first boss, you have to beat him at rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> I'm like, man, I don't want to do this again. It's like... Like I accepted it as part of the original game, but like I'm not, I'm not like jumping at the bit to play rock paper scissors with a dude, with a fucking hand for a head again. Um, but yeah, it's funny. Like you know, Alex Kidd, he was the the Master Systems mascot um, in a in a pre pre Sonic Sega. Um, so it is strange that he doesn't really exist in the gaming landscape anymore. And I'm not sure if this is going to be the uh, the 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 reminder that everyone return. needs. Yeah, totally. But look, if if you are a big uh, platform ahead like I am, and especially if you've played this before and you're interested in playing it again, it is a better experience. Oh, actually, you know what? The, the hitboxes <laughs> on some of the on some of the um, villains, and especially some of the hazards that you have to like get get past. Like, God, his jump arc is so fucking annoying. But it makes more <laughs> sense when you're doing it in the eight bit mode because they've made his character model slightly smaller, <clears throat> so he's a little bit shorter. In the in the upres like the beautiful looking version, but it just means there are like moments where like I was like I swear I didn't get like hit that enemy just then, right? But, like, okay. And yet my character is a ghost version of him is floating up into heaven. Um, 
So they've yeah. updated the sprite, but not the hitbox. Yeah. So ma- I don't know. Maybe you this feel, isn't even the you, definitive way. You seem way to... really conflicted about this game. Well, it looks beautiful. I love pixel art, and I love you know, I love nostalgia. Uh, yeah. They, they look. They got a lot wrong with this game, but I guess some because purists aren't going to love it. It's, I don't know who they were trying to appease. It's it's weird. I'm, I'm I am very conflicted with this game. It's 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 a very difficult one for me to recommend. If it ever shows up on Game Pass, definitely give it a go. Right. I'm like, don't avoid okay. this game. That's my that's my final final take. Right. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Alex Alex Kid in Miracle World DX. Yep. Maybe uh, I'm I'm trying to think if there's a DX something DX can stand for that sums up your uh, your experience with this game. But I'm coming X, up blank. There's like so three far. words that start with X, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. Um, okay, so we go from a uh, a nostalgic classic to I guess there's a hint of nostalgia. Well, to I, I got to tell game. you, dude, because like yeah, the entire time I was playing Alex Kid, I was like, damn man, I wish I was playing something with a bit of backbone. <laughs> Welcome to the last episode of all the small games. <laughs> uh, we're going to be relaunching next week. So next week is all the small games DX. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I've been playing this game Backbone uh, for the last while. Um, I Backbone was developed by. I should have this information brought up already, but that would rob me of the opportunity to type on the podcast. So developed by a, a, a team called Eggnut, which, um, yes, uh, you know, not not a name I would necessarily... I uh, wouldn't call my own company that, but here I, we I are. I love it. That's great. It's a big, bold d- decision. And published by Raw Fury, who are, you know, um, maybe not not Devolver or Annapurna tier, but I reckon those guys are putting out some goddamn solid games. Mm-hmm. I ride for Raw Fury. So Backbone is a um, it's a it's a noir detective game set in a world populated by anthropomorphic animals. You play oh, as a raccoon. I do remember this? Awesome. Damn straight you do. Um, you play as a raccoon called Howard Lotor, who is a uh, a PI. He's a private investigator, a detective who's down on his luck. Um, it starts off with you taking on a case from a, a woman who thinks her husband is cheating on her and would like you to get some evidence to back this up. So he, she, he, he has no chance of taking her kids away in the custody battle that will ensue during the divorce. So off you go to, uh, to find out what this husband's been up to. Um, so the prologue is all around like you trying to find out where he's gone. Your sources lead you to a, a nightclub called The Bite. And uh, you need to finagle your way into you're, The Bite. You're good there, man. Something just trying to escape um, your mouth. <laughs> huh? Did your lunch just trying just, to escape uh, your mouth? <laughs> just some gastric distress. Um, <laughs> so you, you have to finagle your way into the sort of back rooms of this nightclub. And once you do... You make the shocking discovery of this guy's corpse, and not only is he dead, it appears as if his uh, his body is being cut up uh, for you know and and parcelled up and sent out of the nightclub for some reason. So suddenly, your original case goes from finding out if a guy is cheating to why the fuck is this nightclub cutting up bodies and shipping them out? Um, so I've I sort of like I played this for a little bit. And, and was getting involved in the case and then put it to the side and went in on Umarangi Generation until I finished it. This morning, I was like, oh, look, I know I'm recording today. I'll just play another little bit of this game. So this game that started out as like a general sort of detective game, suddenly I'm, I'm dealing with this crazy, like, flesh trading story <laughs> that's, that's bubbled up that I was like, wow, this is pretty wild. Like two minutes before I had to leave the house, or I had to go like get my get my infant daughter out of her bassinet and like get her ready for my wife to feed her before I could leave the house. Two minutes before that happened, it hit me with the most fucking insane plot twist that I'm just like, I can't wait to get home tonight and and kind of get through all my responsibilities so I can jump back into this game and figure out what the fuck is going on precisely. Do spoilers bother you? Like, is this? I think, I think they might bother our listeners, just in case. Bother our are, listeners. We are we are recommending a, a game to someone. So okay, yeah. that's true. This game this Look, game is three weeks old. 
Yeah, that, well, yeah, I guess true. The, the primary release is three weeks old. I just, it hit me with this thing and I was like, this has changed everything about this game. I, 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 the story has just gone on this wild kind of thing. So, obviously, okay, it has a very, very gripping story. All the, all the like stuff leading up to that is incredibly compelling. It's a great detective story. The art in this game is beautiful. It is like that kind of classic pixel art style you're used to from um, from adventure games, mm-hmm. but just pushed to the nth degree. So, so when like most of the game revolves around you being in a in a sort of a scene or an area, it might be like a street uh, in in part of the town that you're in that you need to wander around and talk to people and explore. With a goal in mind, so so as you you kind of at the beginning of the game you you pair up with an investigative journalist who is also trying to figure out what all this flesh trade stuff is about, uh, particularly in reference to sort of one of the main mobster in town, which is a, a a polar bear from memory called Clarissa Bloodsworth. So she's trying to bring down Clarissa Bloodsworth. You're just trying to figure out what the hell's going on. So the gameplay revolves mainly revolves around you being in an area, you wandering around, you talking to people. The scenes that you're in are just stunning. Like I think we were talking about a, a couple of weeks ago that whole pairing of like classic pixel artwork with really kind of elevated lighting techniques. Mm-hmm. So all of this stuff is like this. It's just absolutely beautiful to look at as you make your way around. It's got that great like... You, you sort of, you navigate using the, the, the arrow back and forth or the A and D keys. And it's got that great kind of like parallax thing where, you know, you'll be walking next to a building and then there'll be a gap between buildings and you see kind of a vista of the city in the background and just really, really eye-catchingly like great graphics to it. Yeah, cool. One, one drawback for me though is that thus far it's proved to be a very kind of like Gameplay mechanic-wise, it's very simplistic. It's just you you go to a place, you talk to people, you eventually like get to the end of that conversation, you find out the information you need, you move on to the next thing. I was I was hoping because in the prologue, there's sort of like when I played the prologue when it was released as a demo for the game, I managed to like blag my way into the back of the club, uh, just just by like talking to people and and talking to the proprietor of the club and like making up stuff about myself when i played it through this time i got kicked out of the club so i had to figure out an alternate route of entrance to get to where i needed to be which i managed to do by like you go and climb up on a newsstand and run across rooftops and then access the club that way nowhere else in this game have i found that sort of like oh you have a problem to solve maybe do it laterally like oh you oh you failed in this method but we'll like look around and you'll find a different method it's all been fairly straightforward from there sure which isn't too big a problem because the story itself has been so compelling that it's it's kind of fine just letting it wash over me but i do wish there was a little bit of a challenge still just just in some way, shape, or form. Because it's not like your standard point-and-click adventure where you have an inventory and you need to, like, go, oh, okay, well, if I tie this scarf around this length of pipe, I'll have a grappling hook that I can use to do this. Like, it doesn't have puzzles per se. And I just feel like that's one little element of it that's missing. But, yes, like I said, for the art and for the story, this is definitely something that should be played. My gut instinct is this will be showing up on Switch eventually uh, and consoles most likely because it's definitely... The gameplay is built for for that those kinds of platforms, like running back and forth and just interacting with stuff. It's a natural fit for a controller as well. Okay, great. That's good to know because, I, I, yeah, I, the art style and the story is so appealing to me. Um, so, mm. yeah, plus I'm a furry. Yep. It kills me that I cannot turn talk about this this like end of third act twist. It essentially like the best I can do without massive spoilering is it goes from a noir detective story to sci-fi horror. <laughs> Fantastic. It's fucking wild. I, yeah, like I, I I need to see where this goes now. Genre pivots are always so much fun. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that is Backbone. Uh, and yeah, look, get into it if you've got a PC. Uh, and I am... Levins, you know what? I am proud to say that this game is available on Linux. Zig, Ziggy, Ziggy, do me a favor, buddy. Pick up Backbone. Get into it. Yep, do it. Do I'm, it I'm now Linux all, heads. Any game that comes out on Linux, I'm now making personalized recommendations to Ziggy. No, Ziggy. no, he said, he said, he said, please don't make a big thing out of this. So we're gonna, we'll never say <laughs> your name again, Ziggy. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Except for this, Ziggy, play Backbone. Okay, there you go. If, if you play Backbone, we'll never make a joke about Linux again, Ziggy. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So that's that's Backbone. Levens, Levens, bring us home, man. Bring us home. You got one more game to talk about. You didn't mention the name up the top. You just hinted that it was yeah. for, for families. So yeah, man. So I'm, uh, I'm, we're all stuck at home. Misery. All Sydney siders are stuck at home. Um, there's no uh, all our school holiday programming cancelled. Um, so no no playing with other other kids. No um, you know going on fun excursions. No going to to movies and parks and visiting relatives, all that kind of stuff had to be put on the back burner. We are stuck inside and I thought, shit, um, what, what games are me and Archie going to play? So I, um, I'm, I've got Chicory for P- PS5. Um, we're going to uh, get stuck into that this week. Um, have you seen any previews for that, John? It's one it, uh, Finji have published it, it. The guys who did Night in the Woods and various other beloved indie games. And you're, it you're, rings you're a bell. A little, is, it, is, it, is it an you're animal a with a paintbrush? Yes, that's right. It's a dog with a paintbrush game. Got um, it. That screams school school holidays to me. So I'm looking forward to that. I bought a few games in the um, recent Switch Indies sale. God, there were so many just classic all-time, all the small games, belters uh, for crazy reduced rates. It's funny. I've, I've hit the point now with Switch sales that I'm kind of at with Steam sales where everything I want to buy, I've purchased. Right. So it just um, gets harder and harder to find something that I'm like, oh yeah, sale time. I bought um, Part-Time UFO, which is a game um, that wasn't published by Nintendo. It was uh, made and published by uh, the, the guys that make uh, Kirby. Um, okay. What the hell is that? It's like the little dog is there. Uh, Hal Laboratory. Um, and uh, it was originally a phone game, but they, they did a port for Switch. And so that, I got that for like eight bucks or something. Um, I'm really looking forward to playing that. It's like you, you, you play like a little UFO with a crane. So it's like based off those like UFO crane games. Um, in mm-hmm. you know where you where your skill testers where you're trying to get a toy, um, and it looks like you know very gorgeous graphic and 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 kind of classic you know Nintendo feeling style. So that'll be a fun one to play with the kids too. But uh, just before the lockdown went went got, was imposed um, on the first uh, evening of school holidays, um, Archie's best friend um, Lexi and her family came over, and uh, her dad is a big time Nintendo dork as well. So we bond over video games and tech. He is uh, he's he got me a cheap TV. He got me some cheap speakers. This is a great relationship for me, and uh, it's one of, you know the kind of the dad friendship that that you, you you read about in a book in the books, and you think one day one day I'll have a dad friend like that. And I got him, and uh, nice. he brought his he brought his switch. He was like, "Have you ever heard of a game called Boomerang Foo?" And I said, "No, I've never heard of it." He's like, "It's an Australian indie game, and the kids fucking love it." And I said, "Jesus, you better pull that switch out, Dad, fellow Dad. <laughs> put it in my dock. See what happens." And um, <laughs> so you can play six players of this game in which you uh, choose, you can play as a different piece of fruit or, or fruit or food. So you can play as a banana or a watermelon or an anthropomorphic like um, cup of milk, um, hot sauce bottle, pineapple, I think is one of them, a piece of bacon. Donut. And, uh, yeah, there's a donut. Hell sure yeah. is, buddy. Um, and you are, so you're an anthropomorphic piece of food with a boomerang. And this is a uh, local multiplayer game a la one of our all-time favorites, John, Duck Game. Except Hell instead man. of a duck with a gun, you are a food with a boomerang. And so... Um, was Duck you, Game was duck game like isometric 3D or was it 2D? Uh, 2D. 2D, right. yeah. Duck Game was like 2D jumping through like, like kind of like... like apartment buildings almost this is yeah, yeah isometric top down um and like you're in like kind of like floating islands and things like that so you can fall in the water but the mo- most likely way you're going to meet your death is by he- being struck by someone's boomerang because you can you can press x and you'll throw the boomerang you can hold x and you can aim the boomerang and then unleash it at the perfect time to take out 
two or even three of your foes at once because once you hit them once as everyone knows boomerangs boomerangs come back so you can like throw the boomerang and then it can hit someone and then on the way back take out someone else very fun mechanic um you can also just hold the 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 boomerang and use it to slash through your enemies um and it's one strike from a boomerang and you're dead um and basically you can like so at the moment like because we were getting like out the levens family did not do very well in uh, in this clash against um alexi's uh, against uh archie's friend um they just they they wiped the floor with us uh, and so um um we did it we did a dads versus the kids so four kids versus two dads team up and um uh we got a we got our asses handed it to us then too because his kids are just very good at this game they're very sure. good at boomerangs so yeah you can dash you can slash and you can throw your boomerang and then you can collect books and books um give you like upgrades to your boomerang um so you have like an explosive boomerang or an ice boomerang or like a fire boomerang and so they all do different fun things like that one of them you can get an upgrade that just um when you stand still you it's like called disguise and so you'll just turn into like a palm tree or like something that's near you and just blend in with the scenery wait for someone to come near you like hopefully they haven't noticed you suddenly disappear and then strike just like a very very that's the best upgrade in the game i think um it is so fun. It's like instantaneous. You you'll die. You might die in the first second, but you know that everyone else is going to die ten seconds after you, and it'll be right. like the best out of like I think there's maybe like fifteen notches, and it's the first to like clear all the not like you know first to get fifteen wins is 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 the is the winner. Um, okay, man, I could not recommend this more as like a fun party game if you are in a family of, of, of people that play, like to play games or you are not in lockdown and have friends around regularly. Unfortunately, there's no online multiplayer, but locally it is so much fun. You can do teams. You can even... I would even recommend this as a first as a single-player game because you can just um, play against a bunch of bots um, and you can make the bots of varying intelligence. They're pretty good at the game, those bots. Um, and, it's a great, <laughs> and it's a great way to learn so you can beat those damn kids when they come over again once lockdown is over. Um but yeah, it was uh, it was developed and published by a um, Australia, a Sydney-based um, indie team um, called Cranky Watermelon. This is their first and only game, um, but uh, it has um, art direction from Massive Monster, and I think they made that what was that cool um, platformer Adventure Pals? I yeah, think that's them. Yeah, I was going to say that definitely rings a bell. Adventure and Pals looks- and, and Never Never Give Up. That was Massive Monster. Yeah. I was getting it like I've seen screenshots of uh, of Boomerang Foo, and the character design definitely reminds me of uh, the Adventure Pals. Um, anyway, so just to really just tell you wait, what an impact this has made on my son. Um, this morning, it's like all he talks about. He's pl- we we started playing it on Saturday. I bought it straight away. I, he came and work like I, I he came in like as soon as he woke up, he came into our room and was like, "Can I play Boomerang Foo now?" and <laughs> Like he sucks at this game. Like, don't ever. Let, I, I, sorry, Archie, but if you ever ever hear this, but you are awful at this game. <laughs> but he is so <laughs> determined to get better at it. Um, it is like a very fast-paced action game, but it's so colorful and vibrant. Even though, like, when you like, when you cut, when you like take down like one of the other fruits, like they get full on sliced in half. X's as, as their eye on their eyes. If you if it's milk, like the milk spills out like blood. Very great oh, animation. Wow. Um, and but yeah, he's obsessed with it to the point where this morning he um he he'd drawn all the characters and then also invented new characters because it's such a great thing you just come up with like a, a food that isn't yeah. in the game yet put eyes and a boomerang on them and voila they're in the game now and he's like inventing different boomerangs that could be in the game like a teleporting boomerang don't know what that would do but he, he's invented it um he is obsessed with this game and i just saw that on uh, cranky watermelons uh etsy they have badges and pins and mugs and I, I might have to invest in some uh indie game merch something that there isn't enough of quite frankly um no. but look if you are looking for an awesome party game um we've sung the praises of like the, i've spoken about it. it's a legendary weekend in all the small games lore john's bucks weekend just before he got married uh maybe 10 of us 10 of john's best friends we went um up the coast um or in, we, 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 I, can't, I don't know where he went we, we weren't in the country or something got a house and um i brought my ps4 and my switch and we just played like party games with our friends for like hours and the, the, the yeah. biggest hits were duck game and uh Nidhogg 2. Nidhogg 2. God, what a game. And I would put Ooh. this 
in that same echelon of like nice. unbelievably fun, addictive party games that are so easy to understand, hard to master, but you die and you just want to get back in there and have another go. Um, I would love to see some like single player, like a story mode or, so, or like levels or something, challenge mode um, added to this game in the future. But as a party game, it is... It is very, very solid, and I recommend it very highly. Boomerang Foo by Cranky Watermelon came out last August. It's on um, Switch, Xbox, and Steam at this point. So uh, if you have any of those uh, to play on, definitely give this one a shot. I love it. And more importantly, Archie loves it. He's like, you know, he's going to be writing fanfic for Boomerang Foo by the end of the year for sure. (laughs) I want to hear him going pro. Yeah, man, that's the dream, right? Boomerang Foo by trade. Boomerang Foo circuit. Yeah, he just like he just starts walking around with a boomerang in his pocket all the time. <laughs> What's that for? <laughs> Visualizing. <laughs> <laughs> well, sweet. That is uh, another episode of all the small games in the bag. Levens, it was great to chat with you about an this. absolute pleasure. Um, anyone would think that I've only had my my family to talk to for the last few days. That's why our episode went so long. But oh boy, uh, no, um, it's been great. I'm, 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 are you, you enjoying got... your lockdown? What's it like? Is, is it good having um, all this Look, extra time with your little gal? Um, I have, I mean, look, that's the thing, like an eight, an eight week old baby, that's basically lockdown in and of itself. True. Like it's, yeah, yeah. we weren't roaming very far prior to the lockdown. Um, it does, it does. I mean, it kind of sucks that we can't have friends over and that kind of stuff. Cause mm-hmm. there's, there's still people that need to meet young Olive and, and we had plans in place for this Saturday and then suddenly they brought the lockdown crashing down. That kind of yep. sucked. But I mean, look, I was not really going out to clubs or restaurants that much beforehand so it's kind of is that a dig at me who only does those things (laughs) suck it buddy welcome to my life Um, somehow you get paid for for not going to restaurants and nightclubs i need to figure that out (laughs) um so yeah it's not not much of a big deal but you know it is it's wonderful having olive around yeah unreal babies 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 farts my dude they are Amazing. so funny. They're always the funny. Someone I needs to make refl- an indie game called Baby Farts. I I want to I want a DJ mixtape that's just like DJ Khaled yelling "We the best" and then it's just the sound of Olive farting. Great, make it happen. That's that's crowdfunded. <laughs> that'd, that'd be incredible. Uh, wh- do you do you know what you're going to plan to play for next week? Uh, Chicory, the, uh, the aforementioned oh, yeah, paint paintbrush dog game, and uh, nice. and, and what must what's what's going to be countless more hours. Of boomerang uh, foo. foo. I might, I might be, I'll be pro next week. It is really Look, fun. I can't wait to get back to it. I, I can't think wait to. Cons- yeah. Considering considering you said on this episode that Archie sucks at boomerang foo, I think we need like updates for the next few weeks about like. I'd love it if three weeks from now you're like, he still sucks. Yeah, yeah this is. Oh no, I, I hope it gets better. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so do I. But I've, I've, I've just been playing these like I've been playing like a like you know quite pleasant gentle kind of games with him or mario stuff where you know it doesn't i mean yeah you can just suck shit at those games and as long as i i finish level it's fine but when yeah, yeah like you know if, if he doesn't get better he's just gonna die repeatedly so i think this is actually gonna be a, a big turning point for him i think he's gonna have to force himself to get better at this game so that's exciting this is archie's get good moment yeah nice i'm uh, i'm just leaving comments all around the house saying get good <laughs> Get good. Uh, hey, thanks so much for listening, everybody. We hope you are staying safe wherever you are. And uh, if you need as many uh, indie game recommendations as possible, we are the place to go. Uh, we can get in touch with us by emailing us all the small games at gmail.com, on Twitter at all the small game, and uh, facebook.com slash all the small games. Uh, but we also have a Patreon. And if you would like extra episodes, there's two big bonuses there. We did deep dives into two games. One of, you know, one of them is called Bastion. The other is called, John, what the hell was it called again? Uh, the Stanley Parable. The Stanley Parable, because we have a game of the month club where every month we choose a game. Everyone in the disc, in the pay, in the all the small games Discord plays it, and then we do a deep dive on it. The current game for this month is going to be a game called V V V V V V. Six V's by Terry Kavanagh. It's available on almost every platform. Uh, you can apparently even play it if you have the recently released Nintendo Switch uh, game dev kind of my first game dev kit. Um, game builder garage someone has recreated the entire game in uh, in that so i'm i've almost oh, wow. finished my replay of vvvv and i think i might try and uh, see what it's like playing it in the game builder garage as well uh if you want to play along with us 
the easiest thing, thing to do is go to patreon.com slash all the small games. $5 a month gets you access to our Discord community and the bonus episodes when we put them up, uh, including our deep dive episodes and a very soon to come uh, other podcast we're going to be doing called All the Other Things where John and I talk about uh, all the other media we consume in our lives that is not an indie game. So that again, that is patreon.com slash all the small games. Uh, hey, one at least one of us is down a ton of money this month. So if you are feeling generous, Maybe if you're in a better position than than we are, uh, by all means, uh, come and throw a couple bucks our way. You get some great content, and you know that you're supporting the boys. Nice and the babies, more yeah. importantly, and the roof over the house. Support support Archie's journey for uh, becoming a boomerang foo master. <laughs> Um, thank you so much for listening to this episode. We really appreciate you. And uh, if you want to tell other people about our podcast, that would be cool too. Um, John, yeah. it was an absolute pleasure. I will speak to you offline. Indeed. I will talk to you then. Bye. All right. Bye. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.